0: Hello and welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And we have uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a special series um, on the new HBO miniseries called Chernobyl. Uh, it is written by one Craig Mazin, uh, it is directed by Johan Rinck, and stars Jared Harris, which you might know from uh, two years ago The Excellent, The Terror uh as well as his uh role a notable role as what's his name what was Lane this? Lane Price uh-huh. on Mad Men uh also Stellan Skarsgård and Emily Watson uh the first chapter entitled 12345 aired this Monday night subsequent installments I think those five chapters in total are going to air on each subsequent Monday um Jim we've mm-hmm. both seen this what what what, what did you think uh, I thought it was amazing
1: uh, the entire episode. Uh, do you remember what it felt like to watch the movie Gravity? Yes. It kind of felt like that, except if every second of the movie you realized, oh yeah, no, she's totally fucked and dead. Yeah, and there's nothing she could do about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what this entire episode felt like to me because, you know, knowing anything about radiation and and how it affects your body. Uh, And the levels that are given off And this Uh close proximity to a nuclear plant I'm like no everyone involved in this is Fucked and I know that like people do People did survive this people in the control room Were like pretty well uh, Shielded from Mm -hmm. a lot of the radiation That Mm -hmm. that was you know in the The clouds and in the you know the initial Explosion but The whole thing is just this Oh my God Mm -hmm. this is so fucked up And everybody is dying and They're in denial and Or half of them are in denial, and the others are telling them we're all fucked and dead, and we need to fix this. And it's just, I I, I felt myself just wanting to curl up into a ball and go, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no.
0: Yeah. And it's like a divide between people who know what they're doing and how they're going to die and... Some of them are do, trying to do helpful things. Some of them are doing things that are ultimately doomed for failure, or even just pointless. Like I, mm-hmm. I will talk about some of that later. But then there's also a lot of firemen who are just were showing up for what they thought was a structure fire. Yeah, and yeah. a lot and, of and these... you watch them
1: head, heading heading in toward, and you're like, "Oh no, you're you're dead, yeah. you're done." It's funny because like I don't know how much you know about Chernobyl. Um, Very little, actually. It happened when I was four. Yeah, and i so obviously like i didn't understand anything about it i I barely even knew like i I looked it up because i wondered did this happen during my lifetime or was it like right right. before me right uh apparently it did but i i knew okay there was a a nuclear uh reactor that exploded and they had to seal it with a shitload of concrete and now nobody can still go very close to it
0: although it's you know kind of being taken over by nature again right i think that like it's, it's so i was 10 years old when it happened and i remember being you know talked about a lot in like the weekly readers at school and kind of being on the news and concerned about it being like maybe a worldwide kind of fallout event and then like uh my recollection is it's kind of fixed and everything's cool <laughs> and then i got in my 20s and i remember the first time i thought about chernobyl again since i was a kid is i saw this uh, photo essay that was purported to be taken by this attractive Russian woman as she's motorcycling through the then forbidden mm. uh, exclusion zone that was around Chernobyl where they've actually militarily roped off like no one can enter and um, it turns out what someone done they'd gotten some pictures of like I guess an official visit from like a scientist or something and then packaged it with unrelated photos of this yeah, yeah. hot Russian woman <laughs> on a motorcycle and then packaged this up so you Sexied had it up Yeah, had, like, like, like the dude didn't have to do this like the photo essay like just going through and these are some of the first photos I think the west had ever seen of the ghost town that is the priyat or prepat or whatever the 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 town was that supported the chernobyl facility uh it's just amazing it's so eerie Mm -hmm. like you know this this relatively modern although distinctively eastern block looking city that was just abandoned Mm -hmm. um like like it's like everyone got raptured out of it um and so then i'm like oh yeah that's interesting and then a couple years later i saw on reddit like this is about five years ago um some uh guy who is writing a book about this thing to chernobyl uh called um 12345 um he did like a 160 pay uh image imager post where he had actual pictures of its construction Hmm. um pictures of the like blueprints of the reactor so that he could refer and explain like all the different things that went on and like pictures of the scientists involved the control room operators and pictures, like, some of the only pictures in existence of, like, the day the accident actually happened. And, like, he just tells the entire story. And I remember being, like, very absorbed about, like, this is fucking crazy. Because, you know, it's, like, it's so weird because when it first was reported in the West, it was, like, headlines of, like, you know, crazy Soviet nuclear disaster, thousands dead, da, da. Mm-hmm. which was actually more sensational than than what actually happened. Yeah, But I feel like everyone's base level of Chernobyl is, like they don't think it's as big as it is. And then, like, it was featured in, like, you know, one of the Modern Warfares. There's was a pretty memorable scene where you're going through, you know, the abandoned Chernobyl reactor and the facilities around it in the ghillie suit. and That's pretty cool. Before we uh, move on further in discussion, I want to do some housekeeping for Bald Move. Uh, this Wednesday, which is actually today, we released the latest installment of Super Serious Film Fest Fantasy. We went back and looked at the 1996 film Dragonheart. Um, it's, it's it's Sean Connery as an animated dragon with Dennis Quaid uh, doing some really bad stunt work uh, it's pretty entertaining we got enhanced podcasts on youtube.com and you can listen to the podcast podcast in the, uh, the movie feed uh, if you go to search for bald movies you can find it in your favorite podcast app um, and also for club members uh, there's a live watch where we actually watch the movie with you it's a lot of fun and then tomorrow also in the movie feed we're going to be reviewing Detective Pikachu for some reason and that'll be a good time and of course we also got game of thrones raging throughout the week in the game of thrones feed and we'll be back friday to do in this year tv feed to do another kind of like potpourri roundup of all the new releases that have come out in the various various outlets all right before we get further into the discussion uh we're about to get spoilery uh, but in an unconventional way because um I think Jim and I both know a little bit about Chernobyl going in, and I didn't. Uh, I really tried not to read anything about it, but I failed. <laughs> right, and uh, but as I like I just explained, I, I've I'm several years late to to not spoil this for myself. So we're going to talk about stuff stuff that that all these events that I'm we're about to describe take place before the opening of this episode. This is all prologue. Um, it could be that the episode goes back, or the ep- future episodes go back and detail some of this stuff um you know at the hands of uh, Jared Harris and that could be considered spoilers we're also going to talk about the effects of radiation poisoning which some might consider spoilers uh obviously uh you should watch this for yourself um and we think it's an amazing show and everybody should if 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 you want to be completely spoiler free everybody should stop now and uh, listen to it before they begin and also if you'd be really sensitive about historical background details leading up to the the chernobyl explosion and maybe want to see the horrors of radiation firsthand uh not listen to this until a couple couple weeks go by but uh the choice is yours we're about to get spoilery so I know a lot, but it's, it's, one of those things where it's like someone at one point explained to me exactly how this disaster happened. And then if someone told me, okay, now tell me how this disaster happened, dude, because it's, it has to do with, uh, d- decay and, yeah. and, and
1: atoms coming off of yeah. other, other materials yeah. and, and not being absorbed properly yeah. or absorbed too much. Like I, yeah. I went down a Wikipedia hole right. last night trying yeah. to, trying to figure
0: this out. Right. Why well, isn't so there some control rods and moderators?
1: And, it's it's above my head. Yeah. I'll say. Uh,
0: but and it's it is very hard to understand, but like it's also very easy to understand because the the whole reason it happened is because five or six different unrelated things yeah. happened that made a safety test go wrong. Um and then because like it's like 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 I don't know how much they're going to explain about this and mm. um, all the stuff has happened before the actual episode. I was actually surprised the structure of the episode i was too um yeah. that it begins with the reactor exploding just in in the middle of it like like you're 30 well, seconds it doesn't into even it. begin with that right it begins with
1: uh, Jar- right. jared harris yeah. uh killing himself yeah
0: is, is jared harris going to get typecast as like a brainy <laughs> snobbish intellectual who hangs himself in despair he,
1: he loves getting hanged in yeah.
0: his movies doesn't he yeah he seems, he's seen these films he and seem- seemingly does but you write that, and then we open up in this apartment complex for this young woman, yeah, apparently she's pregnant in the early stages of being pregnant, mm-hmm. walking back to her bed and oh, in this bedroom window, you just see this distant like flash and yeah. then five seconds later this this rumble of the of the the plant exploding or the, the reactor exploding uh and then you go and then in, to the control room and and on all bets are off, but like the so so the th- mean thing meanings happen is like they're gonna do so this 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 soviet reactor i'm gonna try to take a, st- a stab at explaining like how this shit works mm-hmm. okay like the whole reason the fission works is because you have these like unstable like that, that they like so so the reason why things are radioactive is because they are decaying which means they're giving off these <laughs> neutrons that can do bad things to you right and that's uh. a source of energy all naturally occur- occurring occurring forms of these things don't, like, go critical because, you know, how would they? So what you do is you enrich this shit and you get it even more unstable, and then you control this reaction with these things called control rods and moderators to both increase the speed of the reaction and slow down the speed of the reaction. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of ways you can design this, and there's a lot of, like... You know, there's some safe, like some ones I'm familiar with is like these control rods, which are essentially things you drop in the middle of the reactor. They mm-hmm. soak up the, radi- the, the, the spare radiation so that the reaction starves itself. Yeah. Some of these are suspended by an electromagnet. So if the power fails to the plant, they just instantly slam into mm-hmm. the reactor, shut everything down. Mm-hmm. This weakness, I guess, <laughs> of the Soviet design is that um, it needed active cooling from water, both to moderate, uh, uh, to, to slow down the reaction, and also to cool it. Mm-hmm. And the Soviets knew that that was a a problem. So they had all these, like, okay, if this pro- power plant itself fails, then it can fail over to the national grid. But what if the national grid fails? Mm-hmm. Then they had these bank of diesel generators that could spin up. But this, the other thing about this, the Chernobyl reactors is that they're fucking massive. Yeah. They're like like the size of like the shuttle launch facility building. Um, and to get these massive pumps to pump the amount of water needed, uh, they needed like ninety seconds for these generators to spin up and provide that. Yeah, it's but five
1: point five megawatts
0: yeah. for the generator yeah. uh
1: to, to just cool to run the pump to cool the facility right, 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 while the right, reactor's right. not on?
0: So so they, they had this thing where it's like they the the the, the The longest a reactor could go without melting down in those conditions, like 10 seconds, and they had the best safety margin was 90 seconds. Yeah. So they had this idea, is like, okay, well, in the case of, like, a total power loss, the turbines will still be Mm -hmm. spinning, and they'll spin for, like, a minute or two, because they're massive, and they take a long—they're, like, constantly losing power, but they can power the reactor— the pumps long enough to keep the water cooling it's kind of the a similar principle to like regenerative regenerative breaking exactly where you're using sort of the the inertial force of something that's happening the the steam from the heat of that's and that's also how you get electricity from a nuclear plant it's like everything's steam technology yeah um (laughs) you heat up water to a boiling point it turns into steam that turns a rotor so like you're essentially you're right, you're reversing that process the nuclear reactor is no longer powering it you're now drawing power from the big turbine spinning down Mm. And that was going to be their safety margin. Like, as that's spinning down, the diesel generators are powering up. And by the time they're at full capacity, the other thing has wound down. Everything's cool. Uh, <laughs> ironically, they were testing this new system. Mm-hmm. And it was designed like they had, like, a whole bunch of electrical engineers on the site. And the, d- and the day shift was fully pre- prepped and and ready to do this test. And then one of their power plants failed in another province. So they're like, hey, could you keep running Chernobyl yeah. So that we can, you know, not lose power in the country, and they're like, sure, fine. Uh, and this condition lasted It's like ten, eleven o'clock at night, and the decision was made to just go ahead and run with the test on the night crew, even
1: the, though they didn't have
0: much training on they it. The they had the training. Prepared, they didn't know the procedures. Really. They didn't yeah. have the electrical engineers standing by to produce. So, but but this guy was asked to do it, and this this doc this this movie lays out the case very well that this guy is not going to tell his bosses no on anything. Yeah, and they. Uh, got this because they didn't know what they're doing. They got this ra- reactor in a state where it was just about to like boil over, and then they can started conducting the experiment. And then like the water heated up a, a, an additional couple degrees. It started turning to steam. Um now the reactor is counting on water to be there to moderate its reaction to cool it and it's now steam, mm-hmm. which allows those parts of the reactors with the steam bubbles to to start um getting even hotter, so then it just flashes all the water in system steam and the thing blows up. And to get an idea of like like how large this explosion was, like there's what they call the biological containment um shell which was on top of this reactor, and that's supposed to be like if you know all if the fucking thing goes super critical and everything melts down inside here, then we've got like this just just like half a mile deep of concrete to absorb it if it melts down into the earth. And we also have (laughs) a four hundred and fifty ton lead shield above the entire facility. This explosion blew that top completely off Mm -hmm. and it landed at like a forty five degree angle. So like and that's the other thing is, like, I, the, the people inside the plant, like, well, if the reactor had blown up, we would all be dead. like it, yeah. but, but because of the construction of the building, all of the force of the impact just drove it right up. into So everyone in the surrounding facilities was more or less, you know, fine. <laughs> and that's yeah, one and, of and the reasons. Yeah, and they didn't really even think that it was possible to blow up one of these,
1: what, our, our right. KBM reactors right. or whatever. The fear is that you'd have a
0: meltdown. Right, right.
1: Yeah, not yeah. that it would actually explode and right. send debris flying. Like right. They didn't think it was possible, and so when that happens, the denial is almost understandable in a way. Right. Um, it, it kind of flew against everything they knew as chief engineers of a nuclear facility. Like, right. Uh, it's it, it's the unthinkable, uh, literally the unthinkable, because right. they couldn't imagine it happening. Right,
0: yeah. Um, it's I, I kind of thought of, like, you know, in Apollo 13, when they flip the switch to stir to auction tanks and it blows up, uh-huh. like um you know they didn't ex- it, like they wouldn't conclude that the entire ship exploded because they're still alive so it has to be something <laughs> that's both severe but survivable and they're like okay so in the case of the chernobyl engineers they're like oh it must be one of the turbines um overloaded with steam and exploded and, and yeah the the control tank
1: or whatever right
0: um which i'm not sure the function of that right but- uh but what actually had happened is the core completely exploded so like mm-hmm a lot of things you see people dying heroically to do like there's these there's two scientists yeah. that go down to try to like open up the control flap uh valves to let water into the reactor The like the guy the one guy who had you know had had gotten on their page of reality before everybody else is like you're just going to flood a ditch uh-huh. there's no reactor there yeah um and i but i don't know i don't know how much of that stuff is like obvious to a person that doesn't know like like there's a lot of these things where it's like i think it works on one level if you know like how dangerous radiation is and mm-hmm. what some of these like when you see this the first glowing brick of uh uh carbon uh uh or graphite rather from the, the the moderators in the reactor core yeah like you don't know what that is quite yet and maybe you don't even know by the end of the episode but you know that someone picked it up with a glove and five seconds later his hands melting
1: yeah and i I'm, I'm trying to figure out where i where I am on that spectrum of understanding the yeah. the you know dangers of radiation because i I know that it's inherently dangerous right? right but it's difficult to know how much of a dose of radiation you can take right. and how that will either immediately or long term affect you right like well you every this, like i said yeah. early on every person I saw on screen I'm like oh they're dead they're right. dead, they're dead but knowing the aftermath of this i know that several of those people live right i thought everybody in that control room was fucking doomed right because they just experienced uh a dose of radiation that was off the charts yes
0: turns out that's not actually true several of the people in the control room live so i i i don't know this for a fact because like we're dealing with a show where like just knowing the effects of radiation is a spoiler uh, because like it's sure. surprising it's not like exact it doesn't kill I, I knew that like skin turning red yeah. very very bad you're dead within right. like a week maybe right. you've got like an lucky. atomic sunburn from the yeah. amount of rate like you, you've gotten so much radiation that it's like parboiled your flesh Yeah. so like fuck your bone marrow fuck your stomach lining I, I mean every cell in your body is dead yeah. so I don't know it's like how much cause like some of this stuff could be considered a spoiler cause like uh, if you know every, you could probably pretty accurate protect or predict mm-hmm. who's gonna live who's gonna die and there's like gray areas of like lots of pictures of the civilians uh cavorting in the radioactive fallout and yeah. ash saying how beautiful it is yeah and and, uh... and you see like the i thought the other thing i didn't know is like um that column of white light shooting out of it, I guess, is was like the the air being ionized, or that that the uh, radiation. No, oh, like wow. uh, that's not something you see every day. No, what like I it re- looked like a movie special effect
1: for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was in this case, well, but, right, right, right. But I'm sure that's similar to what it looked like. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, the the thing that I read is that the initial explosion caused a certain huge amount of radioactive material or, or radiation, you know, to to be let out and then the fire that burned pushed a roughly the equivalent uh amount of radiation into the air yeah uh over the course of it burning i think it was uh, like a few days a couple days right. uh it yeah so like the initial explosion was so horrific but then that amount again yeah was dumped out into the surrounding area and
0: so what we what... And ended up mostly i think in bulgaria which right. fucking sucks right but I think, as like I was watching this, with my with my my wife Cecily, who you know hadn't had the benefit of reading all this stuff about Chernobyl, maybe isn't as versed on what like radiation can actually do to a person. But mm. I think her assumption is that every like you when you've seen all those children and families that those people are just dead, like playing into radioactive ash. Yeah. yeah. What I think you're you're going to understand um, is that these children have a very greatly. Mm -hmm. uh increased chance of thyroid cancer and leukemia and other developmental Mm -hmm. and there's like pregnant women like uh, what radiation um i mean it can burn you you know obviously but what it's it the the really bad thing it does is it kills like the stem cells, the things that like um it doesn't kill your blood red blood cells. It kills your bone marrow. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't um it 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 destroys your your like any rapidly uh, dividing cell like your intestinal lining. It can kill all that stuff and then you die from sepsis and shock. So um I, I and then there's the uh, that's acute radiation poisoning and then yeah. there's just radiation poisoning in general, which is like well you're gonna have like three thousand percent more chance of getting you know, mm-hmm. leukemia or thyroid cancer things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it may not manifest for, I,
1: I think we're still right. not done with the effects of Chernobyl. Like, no, there he, are people surviving today who are still
0: dealing with right. the fallout. Sure. Of it. And, and if you're paying attention, you look at Jared Harris um, in the two years ago scene, and you look at him the day he yeah. commits suicide, and, you know, his hair is falling out, there's a bloody handkerchief mm-hmm. where he's coughing, or maybe his nose is bleeding, like... You know, if you get it, like like a lot of these people, like that guy, anyone that that, that gazed into the burning you're heart done. of that reactor, you're going to be dead in like three to nine days. Yes, a hundred percent. But a lot of people, like I don't know, because uh, I honestly don't know. I didn't recognize Jared Harris's character's name. I don't know what his level of involvement is. I don't know how much time he spends on site. But there's also then like just a chronic. You know, like like if you can get a very high fatal dose of radiation, but it might take months or years to yeah. to finally kill you um so yeah now that again that's kind of sets the stage Mm -hmm. this is all happening before or instantaneous with the the episode airing and the rest of it the thing that i think is the, the reason why i think this is not only just a great disaster film but it's like unusually instructive because like you know what is knowing about the, the, like that, why the Titanic sunk like that? What, what, what that's just a like human drama, but it's like not of any immediate relevance today, except for, Hey, we always got to remember mm-hmm. keep enough lifeboats to, to, to forever sure. life aboard a, a ship. But like here, it's like, I feel like there's a lot of lessons that we can learn about the relationship society has with the truth, with expertise, with being able to, uh, accept blame and properly, um, you know, like, 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 figure things out and what are things happening and why and who needs to be you know, like just ability to, to sift down to the truth and and I thought the Jared Harris's kind of monologue to begin the episode where it's like you know what are the cost of lies to to society was mm-hmm. was was excellent and stuff that um I think uh, cuz I think one of the reactions is going to be oh jesus christ look at this fucking soviet union <laughs> <laughs> their, their cult-like worship of communism, yeah. uh, an inability to take blame, or everything is all about, like, uh, suppress dissent and suppress information, and, and that, could, that could never happen in, like, a Western country or a country oh. like America. Mm-hmm. I, and actually... I think that's true. I think some parts of this situation wouldn't happen the same way, sure. Right. But I also think that we're only about a generation away from being right there in that ballpark if we don't stop fucking around with how we treat lies and truth, especially when we're talking about expert scientific opinion. Like I, I think we're closer than a generation. Okay. I'm being, like, I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being optimistic. Yeah. I'm being, cause I think that I is... don't know that I would say we're
1: not there already. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that is, it's interesting because I, I know the writer of this started writing it before the 2016 election, which is, mm-hmm. I think in, in my mind, when sort of this idea of alternative facts mm-hmm. really came into focus, mm-hmm. uh, and and so he didn't have any of that in mind, which I think you should you should probably keep in mind watching this show. Right. But it has since
0: then become more and more relevant. Yeah, and I I feel like sometimes we make a mistake of thinking that like this shit began with Trump because one thing I learned from like watching the Ken Burns documentary on Vietnam is if you want to look at like like um it seems like the United States knew that Vietnam was unwinnable hmm. for years before they actually in fact they suppressed that information they conducted yeah. their own studies saying that nope this is war is unwinnable uh, at any uh, any kind of like acceptable military or political cost and we should really we should really stop doing it and they suppressed that and they doubled down and it happened over many different administrations on many different sides of the aisle mm-hmm. and the fact that you know something like this couldn't be covered up like the Vietnam War cost tens of thousands of American lives hundreds of thousands of not more Vietnamese lives mm-hmm far, Obje- far more deadly than this chernobyl incident. yeah when you talk about the environmental impacts of like ddt and agent orange and all the other shit and the, the fact that we still have servicemen coming down with cancer and dying mm-hmm. that we're exposed to that and to say nothing to vietnamese like I, i'm just saying like if you're watching this thinking like smugly thinking oh these fucking soviets like <laughs> this can absolutely if you let enough fuckers that are more afraid of getting in trouble than they are of like being r- on the right side of history, uh, with the levers of power, this is how you get this shit. And I, you know, I'm like, man, what would happen if something like, and the other thing is like you look around and in my adult lifetime, I feel like I've seen America's infrastructure get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe like, I, I, I always took it as a fact that like no like Western reactor, whatever, do something like this. But then again, like, that was when they were designed properly and when they were new and when they're being run by experts that, like, had respect for scientific fact and how long it takes for infrastructure to crumble to where those things may be, maybe not be safe. And is there going to be a person strong enough to be like, this reactor needs to be condemned, even if it's going to cost a billion dollars because we keep right. running one... Are those people still around in the United States? I and, don't know. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I mean, to me, it was it was interesting to see this diatnov guy who was kind of the 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 head scientist on right on staff there yeah um down in the control room he's the the guy who vomits on the the briefing room table and they have to take him off to the hospital mm-hmm. uh his denial was so interesting to me because in my mind it's very clear when you see okay we have a device that can read up to 3.6 ronkins uh-huh uh on this decimeter and he hears it's a 3.6 reading my mind immediately says oh well we need a better decimeter. sure we need sure. something because it's, that's it's what we call, out.
0: that's what we call a lower limit to what the yeah. radiation could be right like if, if i, if I get a
1: thermometer and i see it's at the very fucking top yeah uh and, and it's like 42 degrees and i know uh-huh. okay well it doesn't feel like 42 in here right it, then i'm thinking we need a better thermometer right uh but, but it it seemed like there was a there were a couple of calls that he probably made in this scenario mm-hmm. um to you know disable safety features of the reactor to many 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 other things that did not let him acknowledge that this was a very obvious thing mm-hmm. right like we obviously have a a reading that is way lower than it probably is mm-hmm. let's figure this out he instead just said
0: this is the reading report that up the chain right and then that kind of spiraled out of control. Then everybody one and the you know one the um, I mean there are some definite unique parts of Soviet culture that that led into that because like once mm. someone but I don't think put they're that the tr- unique. No, it, right. Like, well, the idea of right. oh I'm going to get in trouble for this yeah
1: because it was directly my responsibility mm. and and I fucked it up yeah, hardcore. And, and, and
0: like if I if it's so funny because that's I, universal. If the first person had reported that it's a disaster and a reactor blown up, like I think the soviet apparatus would function fine they would have and and they would have gotten into swinging things and maybe 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 not but like it would
1: have been a little bit better i I assume
0: there would still be some kind of cover-up right you know to say oh we're the soviet union we couldn't have these disasters happen here right right but but they're also but like the fact that this guy who was on the ground made the call that it's fine Mm -hmm. And that got reported up the chain of command. Then as like secondary reports, just sometimes minutes later came in and like, no, actually it's not fine. There is no reactor. I just opened up the door and it yeah. looks like hell. It's uh-huh. literal hell. You only, see my face, it's melting. Only you see hell as like a conventional fire and like a cave. This is like some kind of otherworldly science fiction, Natalie Portman, annihilation hell. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, you are. you. St-? And the way they treat these people and be rating them and being like, oh, you're delusional. Are mm-hmm. you stupid? Do you think are you know, like it's. And then sending the next person in line to go out there and check it, too. But I think because they have this scene where they're all like in they've got the local committee members in this underground bunker and they're briefing them on it. And they're trying to say, oh, there's no radiation. And One guy's like, bullshit. I just came in here. I saw firemen with melted faces and they're vomiting. And this and the, like the truth was threatening to get out and this old party apparatus guy starts mm-hmm. thumping his cane and waxing politically or you know, waxing poetically about uh Linen and how we have to share like we have to protect the people's fruits of their labor from their own misinformation and lies and you know, it's like in an American analogy situation, like in a corporate uh uh boardroom or in like a city council chamber they wouldn't be talking about communism and yes. Vladimir Lenin, but they'd be talking about patriotism and uh-huh. and public safety and not pay. It's the the end results the or, same or, or or the the bottom line, right? Right. They, they'd be talking the about the financial impacts. Yes. The, yes. Yeah. Like the jobs, the 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 people's pensions, and it, it's but it's all the same. You're just trying to cover your ass, and you're not mm-hmm. wanting to. There, there there's. There's an excellent companion podcast uh, that uh, it's called HBO's Chernobyl, um, where Mm -hmm. uh, one of the NPR guys from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me um, interviews the writer. And the writer, like one of the interesting things is like one of the in addition to all this other like cultural, like kind of knee jerk reaction to like um, to, to hide the truth because the Soviet Union thought saw themselves as a utopia this worker's paradise uh yeah. pitted against the evils of capitalism and that if, if the capitalists would exaggerate anything and, and they were kind of right because when the western media reported chernobyl <laughs> it was like thousands dead and all this yeah it's more like hundreds hospitalized right but like tens dozens dead. dead and and also yeah. you, a lot of western europe's gonna have an elevated chance of thyroid <laughs> cancer and that yeah, yeah that's by far the worst part. yeah um but where was I going with this? Oh, the fact that like the human inability to consider your own mortality, because like one of the reasons these guys were saying it couldn't have exploded is because they were they were <laughs> still alive. And they believed right. that if this reactor had exploded, they'd all be dead, either from a like that, like either from an invisible dose of radiation that they don't see or just the blast itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You're not only... It's like trying to troubleshoot, like, a program that is also, like, if you troubleshoot it successfully, the answer is going to be you're dead. uh uh-huh. Like, you're trying to come to grips with something that you think is impossible, which is a reactor exploding. And also, you're trying to come to grips with something you also think is impossible, which is the annihilation of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that just shit was just just really excellent and well done.
1: Yeah, and it was also interesting, you know, some of the some of the rationale, the things going through some people's heads at that point would have been uh okay well i've been told to go out to this reactor and look right into it yeah uh which means if i do that i'm dead mm-hmm. right if i'm it, not dead already
0: yeah yeah if,
1: if i do that and the reactor has been blown away yeah uh i'm done the way the, the however way... if if i do that and the reactor hasn't been blown away it's kind of fine right yeah. like so so either way, it's okay to do it, because yeah. you're already dead if the reactor has blown. Right. Uh, looking into it is not going to change that fate. Right. Uh, and if, if the reactor hasn't blown, you look into it, you're fine. Yeah. You'll see that, oh, there's still a reactor there. It is... It so, is. so it's
0: almost like a why not do it, Yeah, right? it's it's a bit, it's like watching this guy confront his own Schrodinger's box, which his life in, yeah. and, and like, he's, he's the dead cat that's either alive or dead, depending uh-huh. on open... Like, the way that guy portrayed <laughs> that of... of uh, of a dead man walking and he's mm-hmm. like and these like soviet apparatus guys are like hey, look it's just go up there and th- I'm like in an american movie you'd be like hey pal you go up there and look yeah. but in the soviet union where there's a you know a red army guard with the kalishnikov right behind you you go up and you look at hell yeah. uh, and that's what the guy the guy did I, I
1: mean it's especially affecting because all of these scientists know what's up sure right like they know the effects of radiation yeah they understand how bad this is and they understand that any of the actions they take could lead to the worsening of it mm-hmm. a or also a delay in fixing it mm-hmm. which is just as problematic as making it worse yeah uh, no, every hour that their their this own was device. allowed
0: to burn yeah is spreading this uh this poison across the the world, yeah. Um, so
1: I really got into the heads of these people who are intimately familiar with the damage that yeah. is currently happening yeah. in in this episode, uh, and it was very affecting. Mm-hmm. The the entire time I was just looking at it with my mouth open, going, "What would you do? What wow. Would you do? Yeah. This and the, like I thought so. There's because it's so. I mean the the idea of radiation is just so fucked up. It's something yeah. you can't see, you right. can't feel, you don't have any idea. The effect it's having on you mm-hmm. until potentially months later when it yeah. starts manifesting.
0: And they're naturally recurring sources of radiation um, there's mm-hmm. a naturally someplace place of higher background but this kind of thing is I think one of the things that's so interesting about this and it's this isn't my original thought it's been in a lot of the uh, uh, promotional materials but this is an entirely man-made disaster like yeah. other things like this the sea is a human got angry scale. or something caught on fire or a tornado or a flood this like would not happen were it not for monkeys banging rocks together and making tools like that's that's yeah. what caused like it, this is entirely a man-made and uniquely man-made disaster. And because of that, like we have hundreds of thousands, not millions of years dealing with fire and mm-hmm. blunt trauma and floods and earthquakes, but like and, and know what the danger, you know, we know what burning smoke tastes like. We yeah. we don't know if we were on a scene and suddenly a mouse tastes like metal. Oh, we're all dead men because this is our mm-hmm. brains being ionized and our sound, you know, it's like... Ah, uh, yeah, the fact that... You know, it's like, I, I know this guy... Anytime someone looked at the burning reactor, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that there's no fucking way... Every person that looked right oh, into yeah, their hearted reactor, there's... because. There's, uh, so I'm going to link both the go imager ahead. thing that has all the details, if you want to go in the insane technical details of how this happened. I'm also going to link this um, XKCD comic. If you don't know, this is a, um, a, a a physicist that makes these stick figure cartoons that are kind of, like, brainy and smart. But one time he did a cartoon that just illustrates, like, the dose of radiation. You get all the way, like, at the lowest scale, like, by eating a banana to – and at the top, and like every, like like, there's multiple, like, orders of magnitude where it's, like, you know, this little box – And then there's like a fly out that says, okay, all of these boxes are now this one little box. Mm -hmm. And then all of these, so then it goes through, it's like, this is a chest x-ray. And this is what it's like to fly for an hour at 35,000 feet. And then he draws a line around all that. It's like, okay, all of these boxes are now this box. He does it like four times. And then he gets to like standing next to the Chernobyl reactor for one minute. And it's like 10 of the boxes that were made up of all the other boxes. It's like orders of magnitude more than any like... Like uh, than any other kind of source of radiation you can think of, maybe except for standing next to an atomic bomb. So so I looked up um, on Wikipedia
1: one of the things I did see is a chart of sort of the the varying radiation levels um, in different parts of this facility. And and if you were unfortunate enough to have looked into this reactor, Mm -hmm. you were getting something on the order. So let me set this up. 300 ronkins, Mm -hmm. I think, is guaranteed fatal to a human essentially um if you were looking into that reactor you were getting something on the order of fifteen thousand. yeah right to your face so guaranteed the people who look into that thing are done yeah yeah um which is why it's so affecting when you see the guy ordered to go up there Mm -hmm. and look into it yeah because you know he's not and you know that he knows yeah yeah and he's talking to two dumb parts that that have no idea. Well, and he's taken this guard up there too, uh-huh. which was maybe the more affecting thing. Yeah. Is this guard doesn't know. right This he's guard is just been told fine. he would have been fine he's out there in the control kid,
0: room and he's just escorting the scientist to yeah. look at something and Yeah, um so there's these two two of the uh, control room guys that seem like they were the ones that were flipping switches when the things exploded. Uh-huh. Um, they were one of the ones... Because like they, they had to override so many of the plant's existing safety protocols yeah. to even get the reactor to this state because they were trying desperately to make the test work. And they didn't understand, like, why uh-huh. is the reactor losing power? We'll keep removing control rods so it burns hotter because we have to have this minimum energy. Uh, the, these guys, like, I think... Felt...
1: Instead of letting the test fail,
0: yeah. they were trying to make it work. right, And that's sort right. of what or, led to this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So I, I feel like these two guys at this at the point where they went down there opened these water chains i think they knew what they're doing i think this is almost like a like a a, like a almost a ritual sacrifice that they felt so bad about what they did or like and i again i don't think that they're ultimately responsible the guy Mm -hmm. you know a level or two above them is the one that's supervising and telling them to do these things um but like, I felt like they were going down there to commit suicide. Did you get that impression? Uh, yeah, okay. I I felt that they
1: fully knew they were dead, right? Because they were going to have to spend hours in a highly radiated area, right? And they were doing it in the futile effort that maybe, just maybe, this reactor is not exploded, right? Maybe we can fix this problem and save right. thousands of
0: people. Yeah, and I wonder if there's a um, because I I don't know. Whether like maybe because that's my uh my reading on it but it is possible that flooding that room with water might do something um so it's like it wouldn't surprise me Hmm. if you find a next episode that like them flooding that room um, wouldn't it just all flash to steam and yeah but cooling like getting the reactor to cool down is like an important part of all this because you've got this radioactive metallic lava that's now i mean because there's well, I mean, like I said, some of this stuff is cons- like I don't want to spoil. If you don't know anything about Chernobyl, um, then I would encourage you not to read like the Wikipedia. So just like fucking let this this thing wash over you because while this isn't a hundred percent accurate, um, it seems like the changes they made were very minimal and to simplify the, mm-hmm. the storytelling. They're not,
1: according to the writer, they've taken care not to uh, hyperbolize much of this. Right um, to take sort of. A middle road because yeah. there was, was a lot of hyperbole
0: going around sure, at the sure. time. Um, so, like, I, I, um, but, uh, but I don't know. Uh, Cause I, I thought like my first impulse is like, I ought to run through and read all this stuff over again. As I, I understand
1: did, it, I mean, it's an atomic reaction and it would continue to happen no matter how much water you doused on it. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I'm, I'm not certain of that. Right. But like, if you, you yeah, but like, i i know that part of the thing is like when things melt down is like when you got that thing that's now it's, it's instead of being a solid mass it's now running and it can get in nooks and crannies and it can start like a, eating through concrete and stuff like sometimes mm-hmm. like just physically cooling that down hmm. um might help I, but i say i don't know like i my my gut feeling says that these guys are committing suicide because they felt bad and this is a way like they think they're dead anyway so let's yeah. go down and do this futile gesture To mm-hmm. but I, I i don't i i don't know yeah one of the I don't points, know enough about Chernobyl to know how that you know how we get from here to the giant steel and concrete sarcophagus yeah. that like that essentially finally contained it and no, I don't know how long that process took and mm-hmm. um but i yeah. don't th-
1: I don't think it was very long actually um you know maybe i I want to say like the Fukushima thing took a lot longer to deal with probably. Because why that uh, this.
0: that was uh, also like a really really bad, but it's not yeah. it wasn't like Chernobyl bad.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm really interested to see yeah. is just like how how this was dealt with. Because I do know, like you said, the, that sarcophagus of, of concrete is put over the top of it to finally contain it. But mm-hmm. you know, how do you come up with that idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. how many scientists are consulted? How do you say, okay, this is the the thing we need to do? Where you you know get all this because it's a massive amount of concrete
0: like and this you're is a working huge in just ludicrously dangerous environment yeah the entire every time. person
1: you send in there is potentially dead so yeah. you got to be ultra careful yeah. uh, but that was one of the points they made in the the official podcast is yeah. just how like this may have been the best place for this to happen because. They're, the spirit is one of community and one of sacrifice. Right. And you had a lot of people running in to fix this problem who maybe in other areas of the world wouldn't have felt that obligation and duty. Yeah. They would have been more self-preservational uh-huh. uh, in, instead of self-sacrificing.
0: Yeah, I mean... I cuz they, they they says like you know this could only happen in the Soviet Union which I don't agree with. Yeah, I don't know if that's and true. And also they could only be fixed in the Soviet Union which I cuz like <laughs> I I think there's no shortage of people doing they things. They had an interesting point on that. What's that? It, essentially to say that like
1: they burned a bunch of lives yeah. fixing the problem whereas in right. in other parts of the world maybe we would say
0: well the lives that we would have to burn right. to
1: fix this problem that's too great a cost let's right. figure something else but, out
0: like if they said 3 mile island was a chernobyl type event like the united states might have just like okay well here's a 100 mile radius where it's just a no go zone yeah and, and we'll let it burn itself out we'll let it that's, burn itself out because if you send you've send people in there it's going to far they're gonna, they're gonna more die. deadly though yeah 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 um but with uh you know the 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 unique culture of the soviet union they were able to just like uh, throw lives at the, the situation um which we'll see in the, the weeks to come uh, uh no doubt so um
1: that that was maybe the most affecting part of this is just seeing the gruesome effects of it oh yeah uh every person who vomited their guts out mm-hmm. and their faces melted and their mm-hmm. hands turned into just some lump of flesh right Uh, just bleeding from every part of it if i i i don't know i can't imagine that happening Mm -hmm. because it's it's not just the terror of like oh something bad is happening to me but it's something you can't even understand Mm -hmm. if you're a firefighter running into this situation you don't know what radiation does to your body and when you see your hand melting off that's like this cthulhu-esque moment of horror that's just beyond your comprehension. It's rare as Lost
0: Ark when you flip when you open up the Ark of the Covenant,
1: like yeah, you're like I f- touched this thing with a glove on, uh-huh. and it just destroyed my hands. Like yeah. I'm sure firefighters are well equipped to you know understand the chemical processes. And sure, stuff, sure, sure. But, sure. but this For is something otherworldly. Yeah, and so seeing that, it just, and you can't see wow. like if
0: you like if you're a firefighter and you're running into a burning building, you go down a corridor where it's a thousand degrees. You can feel that and like right. shy away from it. Where I read some accounts of these scientists that were like. Later, much later going in to try to like do, uh, to try to feel like after the sarcophagus is built, it's like, okay, like five years later. Let's let's get an accurate like. Let's try to understand what the state of this thing is actually now. Mm -hmm. And they're like going in there these Geiger counters and like okay it's like fifty rads or whatever it's fine. Whoa we turned the fucking corner it's five hundred rads. Well but they had the equipment and all that. So if you if you're a firefighter you can't see like oh this place is ten thousand rotonits or whatever and this place is fifty. It's like you just it's like fighting an invisible fire. Um, And this main you know firefighter
1: that we're following goes sort of into the reactor area yeah i mean he comes out with the tan and oh he's, yeah he's gonna be done within the, weeks i'm
0: uh, that's the thing is like the said like the guy like uh this i think his name is vasily the, the young firefighter with the pregnant wife at home like he sees his buddy pick up one of those graphite things and he's like the fuck is this he's like just put yeah. it down five minutes later he sees that guy with his glove off screaming and his hands melted and then he like looks down and he sees that chunk by <laughs> like a foot from his foot yeah and you can tell like at some level it's already he's got to be knowing that he's that he's fucked
1: yeah and it's tragic because we do also follow his wife who you know does right. refuses to go out to this bridge because mm-hmm. she's worried about the dangers uh you know she's before he goes out she's telling him hey watch out for chemicals like mm-hmm. she understands that this could be bigger than just a fire on the roof right and i think that's the saddest part is that he's out there dying and she's back there saying
0: you don't. D- please don't die. <laughs> right. Uh, what did you think? I-, I thought the other thing that this show did very well is its musical. Yes. Yeah. La- soundscape. Mm-hmm. Um, reminded me a lot of like some of the weirder Dave Porter stuff from Breaking Bad. Okay. That it just um it was composed by this uh, lady from Iceland, uh, Hildur Gudnador. Oh, and wow. she imbues this like like if you're the audience member that doesn't know that radiation is dangerous or how dangerous it is like the score will tell you uh-huh. the score does the work like you can't hear or you can't in real life you can't see or hear but in the score it's like anytime these things are happening when the villages are dancing in the radioactive dust when a fireman sees this burning thing of graphite by his foot when when a scientist is gazing into the pit of hell the sound the 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 sound the lunar cosmic horror type of of it's not music it's just a kind of a keening death knell mm. um i thought was just amazing at at ramping up as was like their the list i thought one of the more chilling things was listening to like the real whatever the russian equivalent of 911 calls are with the weird oh, like yeah. international klaxons in the background mm-hmm. like listening to these people talk and and it's cuz that's i i'm assuming those recordings are real i don't know why they would use not, but that that kind of shit like all right there's there's dead people making calls to soon to be dead people to come fix this mm-hmm. problem uh <laughs> there's going to become an international fiasco it's just and, and the soundtrack
1: does a lot of work at the end too where mm-hmm. we kind of go over to uh, what i assume is this the town of pre or mm-hmm. P- is that right i think you're right Pri- i'm not going to contradict I, you. I, yeah. uh, I don't know i i'm not russian obviously uh But, yeah, the the soundtrack does a lot of heavy lifting there, too, because we see, you know, it's relatively peaceful. Um, The the kids are going to school, I assume. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the soundtrack is saying everything you're seeing here is wrong. Yeah, these people should have been
0: gone hours ago. Right.
1: It's Uh, it's really good.
0: One of the other tragedies about this is that this town was full of very young, idealistic people because Mm -hmm. uh, this was kind of like – a Fairly remote post that they chose this site because it was close to the capital of Ukraine, but also remote enough that it wouldn't be a danger if something like this happened. So it's kind of seen mm-hmm. as a lesser uh not a desirable post. So like <laughs> a lot of young engineers straight out of college lived there, the median age of the town is 26. Wow and but to make up for it the soviets because like this was going to be their city of the future like they it was supposed to be you u- like u- very utopian if you look at the like the city plans like this was going to be like the shining jewel of the soviet it did look very very nice they it's very flower lined like, walkways and, yeah and yeah. it's like because they had abundant Fountains. you know like all, like the power was super cheap and you know the, the government spent a lot of money on it so that the housing and accommodations were new and mm-hmm. upgraded and like their markets were full and there's all these like amenities that are not very common in like remote areas so like it drew a lot of like young inexperienced but idealistic people wanting to move so like it's double tragedy that not only is a town going to be decimated and riddled with cancer and whatnot but like this is some of the best and brightest most idealistic people (laughs) of the country yeah Um, you know it's just there's multiple layers of irony and human tragedy in this and that was just another one that I don't know that they we will actually talk about but this is something i found in my own independent research so
1: as far as the structure of the episode goes i Mm -hmm. thought it was it was very compelling you Mm -hmm. get the the beginning where you see i i think jared harris's character's name is legasov but i'm not sure um i i know very few names in this other than dyadinov it's russian for orlando bloom (laughs) sure (laughs) uh so so you get him killing himself at the beginning, so um, you're like, okay, this is not going to go well for him. Right. Uh, but that is not the main thing they're concerned with, which right. is what they're telling you there, and I like that. And then at the end, they sort of say, okay, we've been focused, we've been hammering you with this reactor and mm-hmm. this facility, this entire episode. Oh, I bet you forgot about the other cost of this, and we go over to the town. Right. And, That, to me, is just a brilliant way to seg into the next episode. Mm -hmm. Because now, because they leave you with this notion of, like, oh, as bad as I thought this was when I was looking at the carnage at the the reactor, at the plant, Mm -hmm. it's doubly bad. because Or potentially even far more worse, because now there's this civilian population who we have to consider. And I hadn't thought about that until the end of the episode. Of course I had, but I imagine a lot of people have not thought about that.
0: Yeah, and it's like how hard it is going to be to evacuate somebody um, Yeah. and uh
1: and whether they're even going to get evacuated because right. of the denial that's been going on within the ranks here. Right. It's it's a really good ending to what is a harrowing episode
0: already. Yeah. And then
1: they just pile it on at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, the fact that, like, I think that if you'd asked me how this thing would gone, like, I would think that, oh, the first episode's going to be explaining how the reactor is going to explode, right. and it probably we'll ends, see the, the first up. chapter's going to end, and it, like, it completely subverted my expectations when I heard the writer talk about, like, he intended to do that. It's like, look, yeah. everyone's seen the dr- everyone knows like, how these things go, and, like, there's this tension between, like, the people that have read the Wikipedia articles and know it's, like, okay, or... So he's, like, you know what? Fuck all that. I'm... All the, like, things that people expect are going to build up to, I'm just going to hit them right in the first five minutes of the show so that you will then be gobsmacked about, like, you'll be... It puts you in a position of the the Russians themselves, like, coming to grips with what the unthinkable and then once you do that then convincing everybody up the chain of command that you've just said hey it's cool it's cool it's cool to be there with you all the time that like you know this radiation shit's cumulative Mm -hmm. like getting a chest ray is not bad (laughs) getting a chest ray every day is or or if you left the chest ray machine on for 60 seconds like this stuff is like oh it's all cumulative you know yeah um like touching a hot stove is bad leaving your hand on a hot stove for five minutes is is worse and that's what these people are being exposed to uh, mm-hmm. completely unknowingly. Um, so, like, I, I, there's, like, I've... Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how high the death toll actually is, like, what, you know, the individual tales of heroics to get this thing contained and uh, how that plays out. I'm really interested to see, like... Because, like, it's funny when Jared Harris gets called in, um, Legos, Legoloff, um as you said. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. He... Like, guy talking on the phone... It seems like they want to treat him just like a Wikipedia article. Like, you sit yep. in the corner and we have a direct question, but you keep your fucking mouth shut on commentary or... Yep. Obviously, Jared Harris isn't going to do that. No, and that's the thing I'm most excited about. Because we is know... Is to see the
1: battle between him and the people who would try to keep it under wraps.
0: Yeah, like how this, like, you know, like what... And, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see, like, what would happen if you... Like, what would happen in the Chernobyl thing if you didn't have a guy like that that's willing mm-hmm. to, like, I know. Because, like, at the end of the episode, you see he's got some kind of unspecified, probably radiation-based sickness. He's being tailed by someone in the government. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted – oh, god damn it, on the second On the second walk, the watch through, I wanted to verify to see if his living conditions had deteriorated. Because I know that's another thing that the Soviets would do is, like, if you piss them off, it's like, oh, you got a nice apartment. Well, welcome to the yeah. shithole, a uh, guy because you just got reassigned. Uh Um, I wonder if there's, like, how much of a price he paid. And he's a citizen of the country. He knows exactly what kind of price he's going to pay, and he does it anyway. I
1: I wonder how he's even allowed to speak up about it in the first place is maybe my biggest question, because the tone of that conversation on the phone is very much one of we don't want your input. We simply want facts um, about reactors from you. How does it morph from that into he's sort of... It seems like he's going to be the lead guy on on saying how bad this is what we need to do about it how to fix it yeah all that stuff i'm i'm really curious to see how that transition takes place
0: yeah how it's allowed to take place right right Right. uh and how hands-on he gets because obviously if he's dying of some radiation sickness he probably it's not just intellectual Mm -hmm. heroics or like intellectual honesty. he's taking a stand he must put his body on the on the line there too so uh yeah it's going to be i'm very excited i was very as soon as i heard about this project Mm -hmm. with the pedigree and the talent attached to it i was excited and um my only worry is it might be too dry but this like Mm, i said this i can't imagine not being completely gripped Uh, and the less you know i think the more fucking fascinating it must be yeah um so yeah and, and jared harris up.
1: man he is choosing some really good projects yeah. lately yeah i mean he went from mad men to the terror to this i i know he's done other stuff sure, but sure. the stuff i've seen him in recently has been just all phenomenal. the big,
0: all the big profile stuff he's done in the last five years have been pretty much solid gold yeah so hats off to you sir maybe this will be the one that gets ignited. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure one will. other thing i want to talk to you about uh what do you think of the, the the choice they made on accents that's an
1: interesting choice i so i heard the rationale
0: from the writer right and it's essentially that you don't want rocky and bullwinkle here right you got the they in in during and the casting, and Natasha, during the casting when the people were doing their things it's like this is very big trouble for moose and squirrel yeah and... it would sound silly yeah
1: right away um that said, I think I expected them to go for it and to make this mostly subtitled mm-hmm. because I've seen movies recently that have done that and have worked really well. Like mm-hmm. Kingdom is is a miniseries mm-hmm. or
0: actually it's a full so series. So just go like with all Russian actors and get yeah, Ukrainians yeah. and Lithuanians. And, yeah. Right. And of
1: course I knew that couldn't happen because Jared Harris is in it. So sure. I knew that wasn't the case, but I, I guess it mostly works. They also said they didn't want Americans in it because, as an American television
0: show, if you hear an American accent, it immediately See, breaks the, you out the, of it. The old ass Soviet guy, waxing poetical about, uh, about Vladimir Lenin, was American. Like, I thought that, he gave. Is that
1: Meister Lewin? It looks oh, a Oh, shit. Damn You're right. Lot I think like it, him.
0: I think it might be. I think it might be.
1: Okay. But like, I thought he's like, some,
0: some Brit. I thought he gave, like, he sounded like a fairly non regional diction, Midwestern type accent. Um, hmm. If he's got a, a English accent, it was extremely slight. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know, but they they said they didn't want any American, so I assume, huh? Yeah,
0: no, I mean, that's I mean, it's long been the case that we substitute British accents for Roman, yeah, Russian, mm-hmm. ancient Greece because it 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 reads as exotic and like, but like, I I I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't know why anyone gives a shit about that because like, if you got like seven different Americans in the room, one of them's from Boston, one of them's from the Bronx, Mm -hmm. one of them's from Atlanta, Georgia, one of them's from Texas, one of them's from Minnesota, one of them's from the Valley in California, they would all have vastly different accents and effects to how they're speaking the English. So like, why is it a problem to mix American English, Scottish, Irish, I'm not sure. That was just his rationale. And they also, yeah, because they also, they they are mixing some of those, because, like, uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, I think is his name, is Swedish, and, like, I I, I don't think they're going to ask him to change his natural accent, so. Apparently they don't. It's Um, just American. American accent, you hear that coming out of a Russian's mouth, like, what the fuck?
1: He did say that they asked some of the actors, I think maybe particularly Stellan, Mm to uh, To take the edge off their accent a little bit, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so I don't know. I will say I was relieved that I didn't have to watch this thing with sure. subtitles yeah. and be constantly reading because I wanted to be focused on what was happening on the screen.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think good choice. Ultimately I didn't even. Not to... I, I, what I thought was funny is I didn't even notice like that the choice had been made. But like we were, me and Cecily were talking about it later that night, and she's like, "Oh, what is? Isn't it weird that they none of them they weren't doing it?" And I'm like, "I didn't even fucking notice because huh. the one thing that the writer said is." they wanted it to, to feel like people were just having a conversation and like you know obviously like people shouldn't be struggling with accents either trying to affect one or trying to tone one down like everyone should speak because that's like if two russians are speaking together it wouldn't be uh they wouldn't obviously be struggling with their dialogue it'd be it's, yeah. it's more important to have the natural performance which i i mean obviously it worked with me and i think that was a, mm-hmm. a smart smart call uh anything else you want to talk about nope uh if you have some thoughts you can send in to tv at baldmove.com we might consider some feedback in the weeks ahead uh but i yeah i just realized we we went full dingle on this thing without any kind of spoiler warning we should probably go back and record of like uh hey we're just gonna get spoilers right off the bat um because like i was just saying like i really hope people fucking see this um I I looked in like the early returns is like, uh, th- like three quarters of a million people like it, uh, that's that's not a you know it's not terrible but like mm. <laughs> it's no Game of Thrones it's no Game of Thrones it's, <laughs> it's not even really a, a sharp objects uh, nah. and I think that this is at least as interesting as as things that, that that happened in the and and something that I don't think is also like I've seen. Multiple takes on titanic i've seen multiple takes on like nine nine eleven and different like dramatizations of that and warfare i don't i this is the first time i've ever seen uh something about this which is kind of funny since it happened o- almost over thirty years ago um but there's not been a film in the west about it it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. so and I'm probably wrong about that there probably is a documentary film mm-hmm. uh Send that in to TV at baldmove.com because I'm in the mood to consume everything Chernobyl right now. Yeah, Uh, That's it. That's it for this week. Uh, We will be back next week. We'll also be back later this week to do a TV potpourri roundup, kind of more uh, what we usually do. And we'll see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.